Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content, content with such things as you have. For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, let Your words come now. We need them. And get me out of the way and you stand in this place. And I'll just go sit down over there next to my wife and you speak to us. Thank you. Amen. You may be seated. I don't often title a sermon with an absolute word. The word is never. I can't say never and refer to something that I will or will not do. But I can say never in reference to God. And I can say reference in reference to the Holy Spirit. I can say never. In Jesus Christ, And in these passages that I just read, it's there. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And Jesus is the same. And He never changes. Those promises of God can be really, really difficult to swallow sometimes. I know when my faith begins to wane a little and I need to reconnect, I like to go to nature. I don't know about you where you find connection and feel like there is something bigger out there, but I feel it in nature. I don't know if you have a special place that you like to go, But do you have a place where you feel connected where the world just kind of slows down a little bit? Mm -hmm. And how often, I don't know how often you can get there, but I'll tell you, um, I needed an opportunity this week as I had a few moments this week uh, disconnect. I had a rite of passage moment this week. I looked in the mirror in one of those magnifying mirrors. It was flipped, and I saw an older guy than the last time I looked that close. (laughs) Extra wrinkles, and if you look closely, before I get a cut, gray hair running through here. Not seen it before, but there you go, I'm aging. And now, I don't look as young as I used to look. And now when people guess my age, they don't say 30s. They're really close now. (laughs) 
But I'm not calling this gray hair. I'm calling it platinum. It is shiny. It's pretty. And I'm going to enjoy it. Beats the alternative, right? But when I saw it, I wanted to feel young again. To reclaim lost youth. And... uh, and so I, uh, I thought, you know, I'll just do a couple things at the house. And I moved a chair and pulled a muscle in my back. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's not only that, it was so bad I couldn't go out in nature. It hurt so bad. I said, I don't even want to go in here. I just want to sit down in the chair I just moved. And that even hurt. But you know, what I'm looking at is uh, time goes by. There's a lot of inconsistencies in our physical bodies. And there aren't many things that are consistent in this world. But you know, for about 45, 50 years, looking younger than my age was a given. Was. But I do know some things that are more consistent. And I want to share them with you. God's love. This earth rotating. Day and night, the seasons, and taxes. For some, for some, they're fortunate enough they don't have to pay any or worry about them. But I like things that are consistent. I know what they're going to be doing. I know how to base my responses on those. And... Uh, and I don't like when things mess up my routine. I was talking with my wife how my work schedule has been messed up for the last two weeks and it's getting crazier this week. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't get a chance to plan and figure and squeeze things in where I need to get them fit in the craziness of a week. But I don't like the change in routine and it happens frequently. When I was a kid, I used to hate change except for you know good stuff like... Uh, things that were positive. Now, I say I don't like change in routine, but I must tell you, I love, absolutely love moments when God shows up unexpectedly. Those kind of things I like. And that can make up for a whole bunch of times when God seems absent or busy. I thought of a lot of times in my life this week about when I thought God was not present when the things were happening. When I was five and my one of my sisters was ten and she died in a car wreck that I was riding in. Um, I didn't think God was there. When I was uh, about ten or twelve, we had a fair that came to the city every year where the little town I lived in. And... Um, and I'd scrounged up enough for a quarter to play this game. And I was going to sneak out of the house when my parents told me no, after they went to bed, and go up to the fair and play this ring game. You keep throwing the rings till you landed on the thing. And I was going to go up there, sneak up there, and, uh, and, and I was going to play and be real careful and win a $5 bill. But God didn't let me stay awake, and I fell asleep. And I woke up the next morning upset with God because He didn't let me go down there and get that $5 bill. (laughs) Now you say that's kind of simple, but it's not. Because I had asked God, God, let me go down there and my parents not find out. And I kept justifying the next day, well, I guess God just wanted me to to do the right thing. That's all I could think. And I said, but God, that's not what I asked. 
And uh, there are times in life when certain people I liked didn't like me back. And I said, God, why won't you make them like me? They're supposed to like me. And I couldn't figure that out. And there have been times in life when I thought God wasn't present, when uh, friends and family were hurt, um, lost their health, and were no longer with me. I thought in those moments that God either wasn't there, and He wasn't real, but He didn't really care. I don't know about you, but that's what ruins my sense of God's presence. For some people, it's loss. For other people, it's unanswered prayers or financial difficulties. Or for some others like David, it's the prosperity of those who are wicked and the people who are trying to do the right thing struggle alone. How do you feel in those moments in your life when God seems distant? Unresponsive. I feel lonely. Question why God feels so far away. Sometimes, and I don't know about you, but do you blame yourself sometimes? Like, oh, if I'd have been more attentive, God would be more attentive to me. If I'd have done things a little more like God asked, maybe God would be listening. Do you blame yourself in those moments? Some people do. Some people blame God. God, you should be here, you're not. And that's God's fault. In those moments... When it feels like everything's falling apart, do you even question if God exists? It's not unnatural. It's sometimes hard to believe in what you can't see, but Jesus is blessed are you if you do. Does your faith waver in moments like that? Do you feel like you never really had faith in the first place when all these things come crashing down on your heart? I know what it feels like to think that God isn't there. It hurts. It's a lonely, empty place in a cold, cold world. So the question is, what brings God's presence back? How do you sense it? How do you reconnect with God or His reality? I mentioned for me, it's nature. But I didn't tell you what or how. Often I need to look at the stars. And I promise you I can't reach them. I know we're supposed to keep our feet on the ground and reaching for the stars, but I can't reach them. And sometimes I think, why do they ask us to do something we can't do to reach and dream big, head toward the stars? But I can't reach them and neither can anybody else and none of us have ever been there. And I know when I look at stars, I say, I didn't put them there. And I know nobody who could have. And nobody on this earth could have got there to do that. So it wasn't us. But somebody put them there and made them work right. And sometimes I have to look at the trees and the beauty of this earth the clouds and how the ecosystem works, to see how beautiful the rain cleanses the land, but also feeds the plants and us. And how it evaporates again and does the cycle over again faithfully. Nobody could have figured that out so perfectly. 
The water filters itself as it goes through the ground and becomes clean in the underwater springs and streams that animals and people drink out of. God must have done that because I couldn't have even thought about something on that big of a scale. And I'll look up at the sky, the sun, the moon, and I say, God, people have lived a long time before me and they've looked at the same moon and sun, wrote about them, talked about them. It's the same moon that Jesus saw. It's the same sun that Jesus referenced. It's the same sun and moon that Moses saw. It has history. Long before I was ever here, and long before any of us were ever here, it was here. It didn't just pop up out of nowhere. Somebody loved it to make it that beautiful. Somebody really cared to put this earth in this place. And that someone, according to Scripture, said it was very good. Beautiful. I know a human didn't do that. But our Scripture today, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know who He said that to? In the book of Hebrews, of course, to the folks it was written to. But the Scripture he quotes also is a quote from Joshua. It's a quote from the Psalms. From Isaiah. And God promised Moses the same. Now let me ask you a question. And this is the question that's fundamental for you and me this morning. If He told Moses, I will never leave you, do you think Moses understood how long never is? Do you think he meant maybe while he was helping the Israelites come up out of Egypt and one day he would see the promised land and God would do with his bones and never was over? Do you think that's what God said? That I will do this to the end of your earthly existence? Or did he say never? He said, I will never what? I will never leave. I will never forsake, which means forget you. He tells us in Isaiah, how could I ever forget you? I made you on the palm of my hand. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew what He was doing. He's very good at what He does. But He says, that to people who are now no longer with us. And I look at that and I go, but God, how can you say you will never leave them when they left us? Moses isn't here anymore. Everybody, scriptural time, except for Jesus, isn't here anymore. How can you say you've never forsaken them? Unless they're with you. And unless you're with them as you said you would be. And God's Word is true all the way or none of it can be. Because perfection is perfection. And if He repeated that phrase three times, which He did, He meant it. And I read that and I thought, you know, that's pretty good. 
That's a really good statement that he would be there for the Mo- Moses, Joshua, the Israelites, Isaiah, you know. Jesus promised it to the disciples. And I said, well, you know, they saw him. They knew that he said it. We take it on faith because it's recorded. Or we hope to. We take it on faith. But then God began to run me back through some stuff. He said, what part of never occurred to you when your sister was dying in a car when you thought I wasn't there? What part of never when you thought I wasn't answering your prayers? What part of never don't you understand? What part of never can you not believe? But God, I would say, those moments were painful. They hurt. They broke my heart at times and and made me feel less than good in this world. And God says, but what's that got to do with me being there? I said, I didn't see you. You didn't do anything. And he said, how do you know? And I simply said, because you didn't do what I wanted. The guy said, that's the problem. Because you want me to do what you want instead of you doing what I want. But I'm not leaving you. I said, God, but I've walked away from you. He said, I'm still there. What part of never do you not understand that even when you deny me, I'm still here? You cannot get away from me. In Psalm 139, it says, I could go to the pits of hell and you were there. To the depths of the ocean, the highest mountain, the sky, the stars. You are there, God. From your hand, I cannot escape. And it almost sounds like that wrath is coming, but God is saying, oh, I'm there because you need to know somebody's there for you. Amen. In the worst and most painful times of your life, that someone is there, even when you can't see it. He says, I uphold you in my everlasting arms. I care for you. I lift you up. Even when you don't know it. When you can't sense it. The hard part is to ask God for eyes of faith. And to trust when it hurts. And he says also that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and we don't mean Saturday. All the yesterdays. All the today and the forevers. And, and you go, well, no, 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 no. I, I beg to differ. You know, he was with God. He was stripped of all his Godhead. Came to be like man. Therefore, he wasn't the same. <laughs> You're playing semantics with yourself if you think that. If you read Revelation, you'll hear it. When the angels praise Jesus and they say, Worthy is the Lamb. Who was slain from the foundation of the earth? He was slain when he was here, but he was slain before he came. Mm-hmm. 
And in all creation, the scars, in all history, the scars remain. When He resurrected in His body, He didn't go, look, I'm clean. He goes, Thomas, put your hand in my hand. Thrust your fist into my side. Stop doubting and believe. I am the one. I am who I said I am. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. And if I go, I send you a comforter that you will know I am here. The one that convinces you that I am real when you cannot see me is the comforter. The Holy Spirit. And sometimes we feel like God isn't there and the Holy Spirit we just can't make contact with. But He is there. And has never left. And He's faithful. And God whispers through eternity over and over again, I am here. I will always be here. I'm listening. I will always be listening. I care. I will always care. I see a sparrow fall and I see you. And we think, but God, you let the sparrow fall. How does a sparrow feel about that? And God says, I see it because I care. And I know what that sparrow is going through too. But your word, says Jesus in that same passage, much more than many sparrows. Sold for a few cents in the market. God cares about what people use as commodities. God says, I'm watching. I've always been watching. Then He looks at our heart, searches it with His Spirit, and He says to you, I understand. I understand how you feel. I'm with you. I'm in you. I feel it too. I believe God sheds tears. I believe God grieves. And you might say, oh no, that's not possible. Oh, well, then Scripture's a liar because it says Jesus wept. And if He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus wept once, He's wept just before, He'll weep again. He weeps with the broken. He grieves. We see Him grieving at the graveside of Lazarus, who was His friend. And I want to tell you something. In a few chapters after John 11, He says, and Lazarus is his friend. In John 15, he calls us his friends. Mm-hmm. We are his friends. <coughs> he grieves with us. He hurts with us. He celebrates with us. Jesus will continue to do that. Yet, somehow or another, things happen. Doubts crowd our mind. Questioning, well, how do I know the Bible isn't made up? Or that there's a big bang and God isn't real and I think God said it and bang, it happened. <laughs> kind of like that. But i got to tell you, if you don't know that God loves you, that He's with you always, mm-hmm. it's a very painful place to be. Amen. It hurts. And if you've been close to God and you've lost some of it, you feel that cold wind blow through you that this world's just not a very nice place. Mm-hmm. 
And so God speaks to each one of us, never will I forsake you. I used to think that the most important one was never will I leave you. But the word forsake is more important to me. Because forsake says that I won't leave. And I won't forget. That I'm attentive. He doesn't turn his back on me. His eyes are always on me. Loving you. Sometimes that's hard to receive when we don't believe he's there. But I promise you that when God doesn't feel like He's there and you think He's not there, you get mad and rage and curse God. Some people have you know, yelled at God and God's saying, I'm still here. You may not know it right now, but I will be here when you're ready. Because I will always be here. And you need to know that somebody consistent in your life will be there regardless. We don't get that in this world. Consistency like that. Only God can promise that. And only God can deliver all the time. So God was asking me, what part of never don't you understand? What part of forever are you forgetting that you'll be with me forever? Well, God, it's because, you know, I'm getting older and God's going, it's a part of the process. It's okay. I'm going, it's not okay for me. He says, maybe not, but when it's okay, you'll know that I said it was okay. <laughs> I'll tell you before it feels okay. It's going to be okay. It will work out. I got you covered. I got you. I got this. And I got that. And I got them. I've got this, says God. Just follow me. Trust me. I will deliver. Amen. I will work it all out. It will be what you wish it would be, but better. You can't even think or imagine how good it will be. But I promise you this, I'm looking forward to a place where there's no more tears, aging, crying, dying, or hurt. I'm looking forward to that place. There's an old song that says, Heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. Lately, it's always on my mind. This old world keeps giving me the remind. And heaven is sounding sweeter all the time. You ought to have someone learn that and sing it for you. Besides me. Oh, I can sing it. It's just you wouldn't know the song after I was done. Oh, all kidding aside though, God is asking us each one, what part of forever don't you get here? What part of I'll never leave you? I've never left you, even when you hurt and thought I wasn't there, that I, of a loving God, didn't do anything. I was there. You just couldn't see what I was doing. A lot of people are bitter. And God says, I'm here to heal that when you're ready to see the answers. For most of us, the things that cause us to not see forever and God's not forsaking us are past painful moments or current heartbreak or fearful futures we don't understand. And to every one of them, God says, I was there, I will be there, and I'll be there now. And God's promise has never failed. And if you're struggling with that, I'm going to ask you this morning to talk it over with Jesus. Say, Jesus, I, 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 need, I need to see you. I need to know where you are. I'm, I'm struggling. 
and just come up and have a talk and say, Jesus, show me you. I need to see you. I need to feel you. I need to know you. God, I, I'm searching for you with all my heart. Just like Jeremiah says, I'm searching with all my heart. And you say, if I do that, I will be able to find you. Mm-hmm. But when we search halfway, thinking, well, I'm going to keep a plan B here. God doesn't want half of you. He wants all of you. And He'll bless all of you. And He'll take away the doubt and fear as you surrender. God is so faithful. He really is. I just want you to know that this morning. I need to hear that this week. Maybe you do too. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I can't say that... um, the feelings I've had in faith this week are absolutely stellar, but you knew they were coming. And you must have known, because what I went through, I'm sure others are going through, and that moment that you came clear to me and said, what part of never and forever don't you understand? I'm going, God, but I'm scared. And it feels lonely. And he said, what part of you're not alone don't you understand? What part of I've got this do you not trust? God, I'm asking you to whisper those words again right now. Turn into your whole heart. Be of good courage. Your God is come. He is with you. He has the ability to save you, to restore you, to redeem you. You have not gone so far from God that you can't get back to His presence because you're already there. You just may not know it. You may feel far from God we say to one another. But Heavenly Father, You say, You may feel that way, but I'm not far from You. I'm as close as the mention of My name. The next prayer. The next moment of trust. God, I'm asking this morning that we all, with heavy heart, if we have it, or just needing a good, strong hug,